Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. The Danny Mac Show with BK. Podcast powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. Goldie, base hit into left, and the game is tied at 2-2. Paul Goldschmidt drives in his 31st, and we're tied at 2. O'Neal with a drive, deep left, it is off the wall. Sierra fields it cleanly. Relay to the plate, not in time, and scoring it is Dylan Carlson, and the Cardinals have a 3-2 lead. Tyler O'Neal, the double to put St. Louis on top. What a year Tyler O'Neill is putting together. That's now a 20-game on-base streak, and the Cardinals hold on for the victory last night. Thank goodness. Oh, did they need that? That's BK. I'm Danny Mac. It's the Tuesday edition of the Danny Mac Show on 101 ESPN. Good morning, BK. I'm going to, by taking in your tweets last night, I'm going to assume that you had a, uh, a long uh, trek from Denver yeah. uh, coming back to St. Louis. Yeah, so I was, I, if you watched the news last night, my understanding is they had a story on this locally Southwest entire weather system. Now, I don't know why they couldn't just use my phone, the app that I've got that says, hey, we've got clear skies, but whatever. Hey, their entire weather service was down nationally. And so between the hours of like 6 p.m. and 9.30 p.m., there was not a single flight from Southwest that took off at any point anywhere in the country and so i was smack dab in the middle of that so we finally took off from denver last night around 2 a.m st louis time so i got in got to bed around 5 a.m so we're we're working on pure adrenaline today how you doing dan i'm doing great man uh missed you yesterday we had a great show though you you missed it tanner was you know you talk about hot takes He's tremendous. Trying to keep this guy grounded was tough. I, was I needed your fly. help. It was, was his first day yesterday. back. It's been a minute. He, he First of all, he didn't know where he went on vacation. You did mess that it up. It was that kind of a vacation, How though. did you forget where you went? <laughs> <laughs> well, we went to two places. I said one. It turned out I was thinking of the wrong one. <laughs> Anyway, God bless you. and and he's already ta- he's already planning, by the way, and talking about where he wants to retire. The guy's yeah. twenty one. Mount Guess. Pleasant, South Carolina. Be feel free to visit. Okay. Yes, I'll be over there at some point in the next fifty years. So, uh, BK, it was a, a much needed win last night after what we saw at Wrigley Field, where they had hundred percent capacity and the roof was uh, blown off of Wrigley Field, and the Cardinals were blown away in that series. And the Cardinals are not playing good baseball. However, let's look at the flip side of this and where the Cardinals are at in their season. So St. Louis six games out in the central division and how things have changed in a three week period with the injuries and with the inefficient play where the Cardinals now with the game yesterday, starting a stretch of games against teams that are under 500. So if you're going to get back in this thing, if you're going to try to stay in contention in your season and get a Harrison Bader back, try to get Jack Flaherty back, keep your head above water before the all-star break 
and then see what you do at the deadline or try to make a, you know, get yourself a mid-level pitcher. Do something. Um, this is what you have to do. You've got to take business, take care of business at home, but take care of business against teams that are under 500. And the reason I say that is because your track record this year is that you have done that. Yep. And I believe now you're 17 and five against sub 500 teams. So they picked up the win last night. And who is it again? It's Adam Wainwright. Where would this team be without the 39-year-old Adam Wainwright and especially BK when he's pitching at home? It's been amazing to watch him. And to your point, Dan Cardinal, 17-5 this year against teams under 516-28 against teams that Ouch, are above babe. that mark. So the Cardinals have been the barometer team and not in a way that I was expecting, honestly. I thought they were going to be a measuring stick teams in terms of if you can beat the Cardinals, you're probably pretty damn good kind of been the opposite the cardinals are the the mirror the, you look in the mirror and they will tell you whether or not you're an above 500 team and so that's been frustrating to watch but to your point over the next 20 games this is a stretch of 20 straight games against teams below 500 you have to take advantage and that means you need more pitching like you saw last night it's very clear what the team's formula what this team's formula is to win you need solid starting pitching get you through five six strong innings and then that gets you to the bullpen. And the problem has been so often this year, the bridge. It's that fourth, fifth, and sixth innings to be able to get to the big-time uh, relievers. That's been their problem. We saw it in Wrigley last night. Finally, they're able to get back to their winning formula. Yeah, and remember when they had... So they started off this year kind of up and down with their starting pitching. And then for their... Uh, I would say it was like a 2 to... F or I'm sorry, about a 10 to 14, maybe 17, almost a 21-day stretch best starting pitching in the game yep. and what were they doing winning because all of a sudden you didn't have to have guys going two or three innings out of the bullpen and and people were rested and you had Alex Reyes in the back end blowing people away and Gallegos was rested and you had Cabrera rested well what happens it's a winning formula what happened last night six innings from Wayno what did you do well it was Genesis Cabrera Giovanni Gallegos Alex Reyes what did you get you got to win, and Mike Schilt knows that's probably the winning formula for a game last night. That's yeah, the winning recipe, you know, pitching, defense, timely hitting, and consistent tough at-bats throughout the lineup, and that, um, that'll that bring it home more times than not. Absolutely, and that's how you do it. Tyler O'Neill coming up again, uh, big again for the St. Louis Cardinals at the plate. Again for him, it's now 20 games in a row that he's been on base and he had a pair of doubles and should have had a pair of runs batted in too yeah we know he's gonna he's gonna give us a good ball game he's gonna give us a good chance to win out there so uh you know he saw it again today six innings or so you know he, he's a bulldog he's uh he's always scrapping in there he's uh he's gonna give us a good chance to win uh you know he's gonna go deep he works a good pace and um you know we want to we want to help him on the other end too so uh you know he does his job and we do our job he was talking about adam wainwright cardinals are three and one in wayno's last four starts he's gone a combined 25 innings and allowed a total of 11 earned runs Cardinals 1 in 10 when anyone other than Wayno starts in this stretch since May 29th. Now, they do get KK back tonight. What are the expectations with Kwang Hun Kim? I would say at least five innings. I got to see five innings out of Kim tonight. Um, and then I got Oviedo going on Wednesday. What's been the track record with these two guys? First of all, Oviedo hasn't won a major league game. 
but also I haven't seen these guys go deep. That means I'm going to be relying on my bullpen. I, I got to have Kim go deeper into the game tonight. I don't care how he does it. Just please give me some innings tonight to give me guys to give me innings when I need them. If I have a tie game or a lead, I got to have it. Got to have it. You have to. And I think the Cardinals need to see it out of him to determine what's our course of action here. Because it's possible KK just can't be in this rotation. And I don't say that willy-nilly. KK has yet to go six innings this season. Not a single time. We are now three months into the season, and he has yet to do it. And if you can't give me consistently six innings, or at least occasionally six innings, I don't know that I can have you as a significant piece to what we're doing in the rotation. His ERA this season is really good. It's 2.8. But the innings have been the problem for him. So that that's something that needs to change for him. Or excuse me, his career ERA is 2.8, running on a little bit of a sleep deprivation. But he's been he's been all right, all things considered for them. They just need to get more innings out of him, man. So Tyler O'Neill, how important was this win? That was that was a good one to get for sure. You know, we've been scuffling a little bit. Uh, nobody hates losing more than we do. Um, but, you know, Wayno pits a heck of a ball game and uh, we're able to score enough runs for him to come out on top in the end. So it's good, good all around today. I don't know about you. I don't know about the listeners when uh, there is somebody that uh, has a chance to put the Cardinals on top or, or give you a chance to tie or take the lead. The guy I want at the plate right now is Tyler O'Neill, And I'm not sure I ever would have said that the last couple of years. I'm saying it right now. That includes Goldschmidt. That includes Arenado. Now, I'm not sure I'm going to be saying that in a week. I'm not sure I'll say that in a month. I'm not sure I'd say that all year. But right now, it's Tyler O'Neill, and he is the guy that is who you're counting on, and good for him. He's become the player that we all thought he might be, and there was a lot of mites. You know, he might be the, the power hitter. He might be a guy that could take the ball the other way and hit it with authority. He might be a guy that could steal you a bag or two. He might cut down on strikeouts, which he really hasn't done all that much, but he's gotten better. He might lay off the slider. He's done a lot of those things. He's shown you those flashes, but here in the month of June, 349, three homers, seven runs batted in, over a 400 on base percentage. His slug is 650, OPS over 1,000. I'll take that every day and say that's my starting left fielder. Was it Sunday's game against the Cubs where he came up to the plate with a chance to be able to give them the lead? I'm mixing up which game it was. I believe it was Sunday, though. I thought he was going to come through there. I just at this point when he comes up late in a game where you it's not and to your point though BK and I think I'm going to agree with you and make your point maybe for you is that I I think I'm with you that it was him and he didn't come through and neither did Nolan Arnato but here's the thing I'm okay with him being in that spot I don't go uh uh-oh uh-oh uh this may not be good this may not be a good matchup Uh uh-oh Kimbrel slider is going to eat him alive and it did. And he may not come through every time. It's not going to happen. Best in the world, do a three out of ten. But, man, this guy has had a good year. So he's made those improvements. That has been a bright spot for the Cardinals. Yeah, it's been the opposite of that, in fact. I, I almost, at this point, expect him to come through in those spots. And I think that's what's different is the confidence that I feel in Tyler O'Neill. And, by the way, he's going to be on BK and Ferrario coming up at 1215 uh, this afternoon. I have the utmost confidence that he comes through in those big spots. And last night he did. They've got to continue getting that from him because, Dan, I heard you say this in the crossover. I totally agree with it. As much as we've talked about the pitching, and that's been the biggest issue, the offense also has been scuffling a little bit in this stretch of games where they've been struggling. And they that's something that needs to change because if the pitching is going to be without so many starters, 
Well, I mean, there's one place where you still have the vast majority of your players, and that's in the lineup. Absolutely. In the high leverage situations, O'Neal is starting to all of a sudden make that transition to be the guy that you can count on. I think comfort comes with experience, too. Uh, it's the first year I'm really getting full at-bats, you know, playing full season. You know, I'm able to settle in a little bit in there, trying to impact the ball game the way I normally impact the ball game. So um, that's putting the ball in play hard. So it's keeping things simple and staying right there. Yep, absolutely. So that's his mindset going into that. And again, another uh, shameless plug, 12-15, Tyler O'Neill coming up on your show. Looking that's forward correct. to that. Uh, Got to tell you about Saliga. And again, Larry Beinfest, the former general manager of the Marlins coming up. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Brandon Kiley, I'm Dan McLaughlin. Cardinals baseball coming up against the Marlins on Valley Sports tonight, 630. I'll have the call with BT. And we say uh, good morning to Larry Beinfest, longtime general manager in the sport of baseball and has intimate knowledge of the marketplace of trying to be a general manager with the then Florida Marlins, now the Miami Marlins. And Larry, first of all, good morning. I got to say uh, thank you because I've, I've interviewed you multiple times. You won't remember it, but you're always kind to me and listen to me and put up with me. So uh, thanks for doing that. And good morning to you. And, and uh, thanks for coming on. Now I'm old and grumpy, so forget about the kindness. Dan. I love it. I, that's great. Uh, you know what? Be be grumpy here too. That's awesome. You know, we we love to have a little edge to you. Um, well, first of all, tell us what you're doing these days. Are you still involved in the game of baseball? But what are you what are you doing right now? Well, I'm hanging out in Southern California. Unfortunately, uh, your listeners aren't going to like this. I'm in Rams country. I grew up a Rams fan. And um, it's good to have him back again. I'm not going to endear myself to anybody in St. Louis, but I live just north of L.A. Um, I have um, I'm out here with my family. We relocated from Florida four years ago. Um, I still talk to a bunch of people in the game, still have a lot of friends in the game uh, from my three stops with the Mariners, the Expos and the Marlins. And, um, you know, I had some interviews when I left the Marlins in 2013, some opportunities that didn't pan out. And I'm just basically hanging out. Do you want to get back in the game, or have you you had enough of the the race that is being in your job of of Major League Baseball? You know, I would I would love to do it again in some capacity. I don't know that I'll have to be the general manager. You know, um, the everyday grind and the way the game has changed. I know that the media and, and a lot of people talk about how the game has changed, but you really feel it from my perspective. I mean, the the type of uh, executives that owners are looking for. Um, the way the game operates now has really changed a lot. It's not to say that it's someone like me who's old and grumpy can't be adaptive, but at the same time, it's not necessarily the type of person that they're looking for at this point. So um, I would love to do something. There hasn't been a right fit. I haven't been super aggressive about it, but I love the game. Um, I do miss it at times, but I also like having a summer vacation. What are the biggest things that you've noticed that have changed? Well, I think certainly the, the easiest thing is the analytics. Um, you know, I think that everybody, I think analytics are terrific, by the way. Um, we were not a heavily analytic team when I was with the Marlins. Um, but I think the analytics, obviously, the, the launch angle, the way hitters approach things, the velocity with the pitchers, the sticky stuff with the pitchers, there's just been so many changes. And I think there's, there's been some things that have been lost in the game. I think club building is maybe a little bit of a lost art where the computer may tell you to do this, this, and this, but the pieces may not fit together. 
And you do need leadership. You do need some character. You look at a Yachty Molina and what he brings to the Cardinals every day, and just having his presence on the field is a different feel than when he's not on the field. And I'm not sure that the analytics and the, and the numbers can all can really, you know, show all those things. So there's a lot of things that have changed. I think for the most part, owners generally go with the new hot thing, and the new hot thing was to hire young analytics and to fill your front offices with, with Ivy League um, analytic people. And, you know, I'm a little bit old school, <laughs> and um, that's not what they're looking for right now. Larry Beinfest is our guest and uh, former general manager, multiple teams. Can you be a, a sustained success year after year in the marketplace in South Florida? Do you think that's sustainable when you have, um, you know, let's say eight to 10,000 people coming through the turnstiles? Um, but if you win, maybe it changes. Do you think you can do that year after year? I think you can. Um, it's an interesting market. I really enjoyed my time down there. You know, my kids went to school down there, and we had a great time in South Florida. And there were some rough days in that football stadium, again, like you said, with 5,000 fans in the stands. But, you know, in 03, when we made our run and ultimately won the World Series, the fans did come out, and they will respond to a winner. It was just the inconsistency of the team, I think, at that point. Um, if you look back to the 97 World Series, that team was dismantled. Then we won again in 03, and then that team was dismantled by the end of 05. I think fans, they like to see consistency. They like to, you know, have their team be in it every year and have familiar faces. And there's really not a team that probably does a better job of that over the years than the Cardinals. If you look at, like, the Cardinals, the Braves, the Giants of the last, you know, 10 to 20 years, the consistency of winning, of their payrolls, a lot less churn than the small market teams, I think it's been endearing to their fan base. And part of that then is developing and then these players be, you know, do hit free agency or potentially hit free agency or buying out uh, those free agency years or arbitration years. Do you, do you get the feeling that this new ownership group, which the face of it is Derek Jeter, do you, do you think that they will invest in those players and keep some of those players around with what they have going on right now? Well, they definitely have a plan. You know, they, they've moved, you know, starting with Stanton, that a lot of players have been moved. Um, and it seems like they have a plan. They have a lot of good young players. They've stocked their farm system. And those things are necessary. I think, you know, obviously you need to look at the Rays and the A's. It's not so much about payroll. It's about having a plan, um, your procurement, whether you're drafting well, whether you're in Latin America and being very productive. So I think it's, there's a lot of things that you don't see on the surface that may be bubbling that can make you successful. And when you look at the Marlins of my time, you know, we had Christian Yelich and Jose Fernandez and, and John Carlos Stanton and JP Riamuto all come through our system along with Marcel Azuna, who was a, obviously a Cardinal. We signed him out of Latin America. Those are the, your lifeline to competitiveness when you're in a smaller market or a smaller revenue team and your ability to get those type of impact players, um, you know, can pay off big time. And unfortunately, the Marlins weren't able to put it together with those guys and they were traded away. But um, I do think that you can do it if you have a plan, you stick to the plan, and you make those good decisions. Larry, the Cardinals had a plan coming into this year, and it was for their pitching and their defense to be kind of the staple of the organization, which is nothing new. This is the way that they've been building for years. The problem is that their pitching has taken a massive hit with all of the injuries this year. And now, I mean, you would think that they would be out in the trade market kind of looking for other options, and I believe that that's what they're doing. The difficulty is it's it's mid-June. And I'm curious, from somebody like you that has been in that spot, that has been in those shoes, 
How difficult is it to make a trade this early in the year as opposed to waiting closer to the deadline? Well, it's it's really difficult. I mean, with the advent of multiple wild cards available, and you have so many teams that are clustered together, yes, there are those handful of teams out there like the Pirates, the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, the Orioles that are having super disappointing years. And they would probably, depending on their plan, like to either move would-be free agents or, or veteran players that aren't going to fit into their long-term future. But there's so few buyers, if you want to call them at this point, that it's tough to do. So you take a Cardinal team that's five games out, three teams ahead of them. Certainly it's mid-June. You know, Mo, Mo and Mike Gersh are not going to panic. They know that they have a long road ahead of them. But it would be nice to jumpstart, you know, your team a little bit uh, earlier than the end of July and get that benefit of having that player come in now. It just generally doesn't happen for a lot of reasons. A lot of it can be money. Um, Teams don't want to send that message to their fan base that they're quote-unquote giving up. There's just a lot of things to go into it. So most teams wait. They want to see if they get hot. They want to see if they get healthy. They want to just see the big picture as best they can, and generally that means the end of July. It's awesome to have the perspective of Larry Beinfest, who has been in that seat, not far removed, uh, former GM of multiple uh, franchises, uh, our guest here on 101 ESPN. I'm curious what you would do if, you know, you look at the Marlins this year, they're under 500, they're in a tough division, and you got a guy like Starling Marte. So Marte, you would have to think, is going to be a hot commodity. He's the National League Player of the Week. We saw him a lot in the NL Central. Very good player with the Pirates. Very good player this season with the Marlins. You got Aguilar, who is now in the top three of runs batted in uh, in all of baseball. If you look at, if you take a realistic view, Larry, at, at the Marlins, and, and this is my opinion, and I'm, I'm not as smart as you as this stuff, but this is just my guess, is that the Marlins probably will not make it to postseason play. So do you, do, you, do you sell those guys off with a pending CBA too? You don't know what's going to happen with that. Or do you invest in those players? How do you approach those kind of players moving forward uh, in the next month and a half? Well, I think only Derek Jeter and Kim Ang really know yeah. <laughs> what their master plan is going forward. And you look at their farm system, you know, they have like a J.J. Blade who was a very high pick out of Vanderbilt. He's close. So maybe you say to yourself, you know, we think that we can trade off Marte for Blade and we're going to move forward and reallocate that money elsewhere that it's a greater need than maybe in the outfield. So, again, you never really know, um, you know, what future payrolls look like, what the, the prospect inventory looks like, and what teams are thinking. Um and again, uh, because things can get so clustered, you have a good week or two and your pitching, if your young pitching is performing or you get a Sixto Sanchez back for the Marlins and he gives you a bump, you know, you can get back into things. So those are really tough calls. We've been there before with those. Um, it's not easy. It's not fun when you, when you send away a performing player um, relatively young. But, you know, you have to look at your master plan and figure out what's best for your franchise moving forward. Larry, as a GM, I know a lot of the times we hear from Mo, and he'll say he's, he's not looking at what other teams are doing. He, he wants to see what his team can do, and that's the way he builds it. But when you see what's happening with L.A. over the last few years and what San Diego has now become, and this year, I mean, San Francisco being the surprise that they are, how much does that influence some of the decisions that National League general managers are making, not just for the here and now, but for the next few years, especially with what the Dodgers and the Padres have become? Well, I think I, I agree with Mo that you, you really just do worry about yourself and or your team for that for that matter. 
and, and what you're doing and, and where you're heading and what your goals are. But at the same time, um, I don't agree, agree with Mo that everybody is analyzing their opponents. There's no doubt about it. What is that team doing in the draft that we're not doing, that they're getting players that we're, we haven't been able to procure? Um, you're always evaluating against your competition. So um, I think that's natural. You, you look at the Dodgers and say, okay, that's a big market team with a big payroll. The, you know, they're growing maybe their key components from within. Maybe they're pitching it up the middle. Um, and then they're filling in with mid-level free agents because they're able to afford it. I mean, there's a lot of different things to look at. And, I, and, and again, I, I, you definitely are, you know, you're in a bubble and you're worried about your team. But at the same time, you are kind of learning and evaluating what your competitors are doing. Does a pending CBA change at all one way or another how teams will operate at the upcoming trade deadline? Well, I think you have to keep your eye on it. Again, nothing is absolute. You don't know exactly where things are heading. And, I, again, I'm off the grid, so I haven't been privy to conversations at GM meetings or owner meetings as to, to enlighten, you know, as to what might be coming. So, again, if you're in it this year and you want to add a piece um, and you have a chance to qualify for the playoffs in October, I don't think the uh, uh, upcoming CBA would preclude that. If you have a longer-term view, if you're rebuilding or if you have some other goal, that may require years of whatever you're going to do, then I think you do have to keep an eye on it because it is part of the business. And obviously money is a huge part of the business. And uh, you always want to have flexibility in the game, whether to add pieces or subtract or whatever it is you're doing. This this may be a really odd question and how this is handled uh, today in Major League Baseball and clubhouses and front offices. But we hear that there's going to be a memo that's going to be uh, sent out any moment now that says, okay, Major League Baseball is, is going to come down on the sticky substances for pitchers, and if caught, you could be looking at a 10-game suspension. And, you know, if you're a really good pitcher, that could really hurt your team. So does a general manager or a president of baseball operations go down and talk to his manager or even go in the clubhouse and address the team about this and say, hey, here's what's just been handed down. You all should read this memo. You all have been handed the memo. Understand what's at stake for not only our team, but you financially. Understand what it means to the team. Um, who who addresses the team in that particular spot, or is it is it just kind of understood of what's going on with what's happening with baseball today? Well, my, my guess will be when, there, when there's major um, – you know, legislation like this, um, you're mandated by MLB to communicate with your players, probably in the clubhouse, in a meeting and, and read it. And then it'll also be distributed in written form. So um, teams, uh, you know, work differently. It, it, back with the Marlins, either Michael Hill, who's actually at the forefront now with MLB on this substance thing, uh, working with the commissioner. Or I would go down to the clubhouse and address the team directly or, you know, in, in concert with the manager um, have a team meeting and either let you know him or her do it. Um, so there's a lot of ways to do it, but my guess is MLB is pretty direct on how they want it handled, and they'll let the teams know how they want to communicate it. What was your opinion of seeing that they are also going to adjudicate? It sounds like the sunscreen and rosin is also something that if they find that, that's going to be potentially worthy of a 10-game suspension as well. What, what do you think of the way that they're going about this, Larry? Well, I think, it's, I think it's a response to a little bit of an entertainment problem that baseball is going through. Um, and I, I don't think that we have enough hours in this program to go <laughs> through all the, the different things that are causing that. But, 
you know, with the pitchers with the high velocity and the spin rate, if the substances are causing that and there's less offense because of it, then that's an entertainment problem. And they want to try to add more entertainment to the game. Now, part of that onus is on the hitters who are lifting and pulling. That's the way they've been taught to hit the ball out of the park and strikeouts are okay, which generally are not an entertaining thing for the fans. So I think it's just a way maybe to crack down on it, to even it up a little bit um, and give the hitters maybe a little bit better chance um, to, to add some more entertainment value via offense. And my final question, Larry, Larry Beinfest, a former general manager uh, with the Marlins, many other teams. What do you think of the Arenado deal that the Cardinals pulled off this offseason? What do you think of that? Well, I have a question for you guys before I go. Um, do guests on your program get hooked up with Pappy Smokehouse? Uh, <laughs> does that get sent to my house? Is that part yeah, of the deal? We can hook you up as much as you want with barbecue. We got great barbecue here in St. Louis. We may not get you uh, any Rams gear. I can guarantee you that, <laughs> but I can hook you up with some good barbecue. <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. I love the barbecue. I love St. Louis. It was always a good time. It was hot there in the summer for me, but... Um, but what a great place and what a great fan base and truly one of the, the gems of Major League Baseball. And just to answer your final question is when you have a chance to add a Nolan Arenado and you can financially afford it, you just flat out do it because yeah. he is premium at that position, which is hard to find third base and, you know, just a, a known entity and a winning player. So then, you, you know, you look around the diamond with Goldschmidt at first and Arenado and then Yachty and, you know, all the other pieces that the Cardinals have, it's formidable. You know, it hasn't clicked yet, but the pieces are there. And the Cardinals are certainly not an organization. And I know pretty well, uh, Mo pretty well from spring training with them all those years in Jupiter. They're certainly not going to panic. They're going to be opportunistic. They're going to stay the course. And more times than not, the Cardinals uh, find a way into October. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happened again this year. So is it ribs? You guys. Is it ribs or pulled oh, pork? Oh, no, I'm a ribs and chicken guy. Um, okay. I like beans and the coleslaw. I'm, I'm pretty traditional down the middle with my barbecue. But Pappy's, uh, again, I don't mean to plug Pappy's, but I happen to go there when I am in St. Louis. I thought it was a great find. It's definitely at or near the top of my list as I travel around the country and eat barbecue. And uh, always have a good time in St. Louis. It's awesome. It's one of the best spots in the country, no doubt. Hey, Larry, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate your insight, and uh, hopefully we catch up very soon. Thanks for doing this. Good to talk to you guys. Thank you. You got it. That's Larry Beinfest, the uh, former general manager of the Marlins. That was good. That was interesting. Um, obviously, didn't like how it started with him being a Rams fan. But other yeah, I mean, than that, come that on. part we're, was good. What are we doing there, Larry? <laughs> uh, he does have a good taste in barbecue, though. Yes. He made up for it there. At the end, Pappy's is tremendous. We've got some great options here in St. Louis. Um, I, I do find it interesting. He said there to your final question, you know, the Cardinals typically find a way through this thing. I know this stinks right now. Watching Cardinals baseball the last two weeks or so has been difficult. It's not been fun uh, the majority of the time. I do tend to agree with him. I still think this is a playoff team, man. I know it's hard to feel that way right now, but when they are healthy, I still think they're pretty good. There hasn't been a whole lot of evidence of that the last couple of weeks, so I totally get it. If you're on your text line right now, 65780, and you're like, BK, quit being a homer. This is not a playoff team. I get it. I do. 
I still think they're going to find a way in. I just have more belief in this Cardinals team than I do the Cubs being able to maintain this with their bullpen. I think it's going to go south at some point. Again, that's hard for me to give a whole lot of evidence to suggest that because they've been so great this year. But I, I think what the Cardinals do is just a more sustainable model. I, I will find out, though. Here's here's where I would counter that, and this is my concern. Sure. Is... Look at the teams that are having the very good success this year and where are they separating themselves? And it's with their bullpens. And right now the Cubs bullpen is really good. When you look at the emergence of Nance to and you see Craig Kimbrell being Kimbrell and you look at when Hayter's doing what he's doing with Milwaukee and they've had very good starting pitching. And the other thing about the Cubs, they've gotten very good starting pitching and their lineup is we we thought the lineup yep. was going to be pretty good their with big Chicago. Three is their big three again. You know, that has is separated them from others. Uh, the Mets, look at their pitching. Um, it, it, and just across the board, when you start looking at some of the pitching and why teams are winning, it's separated themselves from other teams now if the cardinals can settle down their pitching if someone else or two or three can emerge outside of cabrera gallegos and reyes and give them you know a, a month run or a month and a half or a two-month run and emerge then we're talking then then i'm with you, you and know? i should state my my belief is on the premise that they're going to add somebody at the deadline and if they don't, okay, my, my opinion on this will change. Sure. I just have to believe John Mosellock is a very smart baseball man. And I've got to imagine they're seeing what we're seeing, you know? And so I, I would think that they will go out there and get somebody as long as the prices aren't completely prohibitive of doing so. And when they do, that makes one of your, your starters go to the bullpen. And I do think that's going to start having a trickle-down effect that's good for the Cardinals finally as opposed to the opposite trickle-down effect where you've got guys that are plugged into the rotation that really shouldn't be there. See, to me, you know, when I'm watching this team right now, not a necessity, John Gant has had to be in the rotation. But if he goes to the bullpen, would that change maybe your outlook uh, on the bullpen? And why not Jake Woodford maybe stretch him out, give him a start? Would that, would that look better? Maybe. Would he give you five, six, seven innings? Maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, there, there's some options there that I'd have to look at to shake it up. I'd maybe look at shaking up the lineup. I might put Dylan Carlson at the top of my lineup, who's had a pretty good high on-base percentage, and just just to shake it up, maybe drop Edmund down. Would I give, uh, just to shake it up, uh, right-handers on the mound, Matt Carpenter gets a start at the top of the lineup one day. I don't know. You know what I mean? Just just yep. to shake things up, just to get it going. But in the big picture view of this thing is that these 20 games coming up, 1920 games, are big because it's sub-500 teams. And so you got to play above 500, in my opinion, in this stretch of baseball coming up. Can I give you my biggest fear about this stretch? We can yeah. do that on the other side because I do have one fear about this stretch, especially if this team doesn't make a move. Absolutely. We'll do that next on 101 ESPN. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. So uh, apparently Tanner's is handing over the rookie of the year already to the Marlins. How about that? I I mean, it's unbelievable. I didn't give it to him. You know, I I mean, might be the favorite. I don't know. I mean, Dylan Carlson's having a pretty good year. He's been good. Trevor Rogers been good too. Trevor Rogers been really good. Seven wins already. 
Uh, ERA has been good. Opponent average has been good. I'm with you. He's tough. This hey, can be a tough I'll uh, call it tonight to make up for it. Carlson hits a homer off him tonight. There we go. Mark it That's down. what I'm talking about. 10:49 on, what's today's date? June 15th. T-bone guarantee. Guarantee Carlson hits a homer off Rodgers. Really? I'm going to call it. I hope he's in the lineup tonight. He has not said. Given Tanner's uh, recent history here, I feel like Carlson will just be out of the lineup tonight. He has not hit a home run at home yet, Dylan Carlson. Oh, then he's Dill. He's had six home runs. All have been away. uh, I believe, I think, all of them have been on the road this year. Yeah. It's been kind of interesting. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, The Cardinals will get KK back from the I.L., And so he has had nine starts this year, no quality starts. I find that shocking. That's the one thing out of uh, Kwang Kong Kim I I just did not see coming. He's had two stints on the IL, and Mike Schilt was asked yesterday, uh, right now with KK coming back, your lefty, what are you expecting? Unless something happens that uh, we don't anticipate, we expect him to start tomorrow. But he's recovered. He's walking around, moving well. So all indications are from his bullpen yesterday, which was positive, that he's recovered well from it, and he's ready to go tomorrow. So he is. He is back. And now the story around Major League Baseball, and I'm sure this story will break on your show because the memo is coming down today, is the crackdown on foreign substances, Buster Olney of ESPN. Major League Baseball will order umpires to enforce the rule that's on the books. And from what I understand, you know, that could mean eight to ten checks of pitchers per game. It's going to be like, a, as it's described to me, like a DUI checkpoint. It's going to be very interesting, and it's going to be persistent. Um, and I, as they say, I would not be surprised if it starts to go into effect maybe at the end of next week. So we have that coming starting tonight, and then you have Mike Schild, his thoughts on what may happen. And look, it's a black and white rule, and I think they're, you know, we're probably going to spend some time having to muddle through it before there's crystallization of, you know, something that's a little more universal that's going to give these guys a grip. You know, no one's going to complain about the grip of a baseball, including the hitters, but everybody wants the synthetic stuff that's creating, you know, unnatural stuff taking place with baseballs eliminated. It's going to put an onus on somebody, including the umpires, to differentiate what that looks like. And I hope that differentiate takes place because, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, if you took away sunscreen and everything together, put a grip on the baseball, you know, Kamish might end up pitching a few innings this year. <laughs> That'd be Rick Hummel. Uh, I'm not sure how they do this. You know, I mean, I, I, I see the reports and how they're going to do it, but I'm not sure how you police it. By the way, I, I, I have not seen what they've said about Gallegos. I still haven't heard about that. I haven't seen anything. I don't think that they were doing anything with that stuff. I think they were just trying to gather more information to be able to determine what the next step of action is. And Dan, it it feels to me like the Major League Baseball front offices, Manfred, everybody, they're bringing a bazooka to a knife fight. Like they decided in order to punish the guy that is going five miles an hour over uh, the speed limit, you're getting thrown in prison for the rest of your life. Like, I don't totally understand what we're doing here. It seems to me, and I'm just trying to listen to the players as my guidance here. It seems to me like nobody really has an issue with the rosin and sunscreen thing. That's not a problem. I would agree. The problem is this other stuff that has become far too common in the game that has now taken over as seemingly the prominent use of the sticky substance, if you will. Well, get rid of that. 
You don't well, have to go all the way in getting rid of the sunscreen and rosin. I guess the problem is, how do you differentiate between the two? So I guess, <laughs> you know, one of the things we are seeing, though, and it is measurable, is that in the last week since this start, started rolling out that, okay, we're going we're gonna to test it, we're going to look at it, spin rates for certain guys have dropped oh, yeah. and dropped dramatically. And there's been an uptick in some of the offense, which Batting is average up 15 points. Yeah. Which is what we wanted to see. Um, so that is the byproduct of, of having this being enforced and publicly talked about and saying, yes, we're going to do this now that it's official. I'll be fascinated what we see in 30 days. Now we're going to see more offense. And now we're going to see that certain guys could get hammered on this. And if that's the case, then maybe it's a good thing for the sport. I have no issue with them policing this whatsoever. I want to make that very clear. I think it's a good thing that they're coming after a lot of these nonsensical substances that people are using. I just wonder if you had an honest moment with some of these hitters, would they be like, hey, give them the rosin and the sunscreen, man. Like, I'm not trying to take 97 in the ribs. I'm good. Oh, I think a lot of hitters would say, absolutely. Make sure they've got some grippy uh, grip you know, grippy substance or whatever they're doing, because I don't want to take it in the face. And I think that's the mistake for baseball is going a little bit too far on the extreme. And I get why you're doing it. You want to go all the way there. And then maybe you kind of, it's the rubber band effect where you come back a little bit and you give them X, Y, and Z. This is the specific substance that we will all be allowed to use. Right. But for the here and now, I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see what the next month looks so like. So I'm sure a fan is out there saying, well, why is this being brought up now? If, if this is being done, you know, the last handful of years. And you got to understand how the game has been played here in the last, you know, five, seven years to where the game has changed. Where when you watched Adam Wainwright last night, where he is outthinking some of the hitters. Like the John Birdie at bat was awesome, where Birdie gave the reaction of like watching a little league kid when he got a fastball right down the middle at 88 miles an hour or whatever it was. You never see 88 down the middle anymore, right? And he like swung at the air when he was walking back like, he was all mad. When's the last time you saw that? Because he got pitched backwards on on a situation. And my point is, is that the guys now are all throwing 98 and they're all max effort and pitching is out the window. So many guys are throwers. They're not pitchers. So what, what does that mean? BK that means they're all over the place. So yeah, they want grippy substances and, and things to, to try to control what these guys are doing on the mound. That's why you have this. So that's why it's more prevalent in the game. And so that's the concern moving forward is can guys control it? Yeah, the ball's moving like a wiffle ball. Uh, 65780 is the air comfort service tax line from the 314. Guys, more people have been getting hit in the head and neck area this year than ever before. Absolutely. Yep. There's th- That's true. Like, factually, it is true that there are more hit batters this year than there have been in, in baseball, basically baseball history. But is that going to get better by getting rid of these things is my concern. And I... I once again want to make this very clear. I think there can be a differentiating point here. And I think Mike Schilt has done this very well. It's one thing to use the rosin and sunscreen. It's another thing entirely to make the ball move like a wiffle ball because of some of these other substances that have become so prominent in the game, which is making it worse for all of us to watch the game. It's resulting in the highest strikeout rate we've ever seen and the lowest batting average that we've seen since the summer of 68. So that's what baseball should be, in my opinion, trying to get rid of. But they're taking away all of it because of this. Yeah, I I don't think they should take all of it. There's got to be a fine line to where pitchers have to have a grip of the baseball. Especially think about it. 
you know, we had some cold days at the ballpark, man, this year. I mean, it was about this week. It's 40 degrees, you know, and, and you're trying to get it. You're out there throwing 98 with no grip of the baseball. No, thanks. I don't want to get in the batter's box. And believe me, hitters don't either. All right. Um, I've gone too far. Tanner's losing his mind, and you have your program coming up with Alex Ferrario. What do you got coming up? Looking forward to it today. The big headliner is Tyler O'Neill will join the show coming up at 12.15. We've got so much to ask of him. I, I specifically just want to get into the confidence that he's playing with this year. I mean, he looks like a different player. You can see it from um, the body language that he's exuding out there. He's playing with the most confidence I've ever seen from him in a Cardinals uniform. So we'll talk with the Cardinals outfielder, Tyler O'Neill, who, in my opinion, should be an all-star. We'll do that coming up at 12.15, and we will start with a big win last night, hopefully a sign of things to come for the Cards. All right, we'll talk to everybody tomorrow at 10 right here on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.